This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of No Halos here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. We are sitting here on this bright, clear, sunny day. It had, we had a little feather dusting. We had a little bit of snow. snow. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's morning. completely gone now. Yeah. I don't know about you. Oh, melted. there's a little bit in the shade on my driveway, but otherwise yep. you would never know it snowed. You would never know. Yeah. It was, uh, I was awake at 2am, so I saw it at its oh, freshest. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, Is it still snowing then? No. It, okay. And it snowed all that it was going to snow, at least in Victoria. Yeah. So yes, anyway, we hope you're enjoying wherever you are listening to this today. And I think what we want to unpack today, we're tentatively calling this honing your craft with fierce serenity. So we're practicing our own messages. We're practicing the own gift, our own pieces that we bring to the world and that we bring to this podcast. And we kind of look, want to look at how we improve our work through taking action. So some of the lessons in there we want to share with you. Yeah. And I think, and well, I was just going to say the fierce serenity part is again, that concept that we've been really working with for the past couple of months Yeah, that defining what that looks like for each of us individually. And we're hoping that sort of through this conversation, you'll start to see those aspects and those, what that might look like, what that looks like for us. And also getting the kind of thoughts going of what that looks like for you. So let's, let's start with, I think, let's start with you sharing your aha this morning. And I think we'll kind of go a little bit backwards from that. And then we'll kind of jump forwards. We've kind of, we've got this all mapped out, but tell, tell our listeners. So this morning, so as many of you know, or you may not know, because this could be the first episode you're listening to. So I trained as an opera singer. I did a master's degree in uh, voice performance at McGill University, and I finished in 2010. So nearly, well, 10 and a half, 11 and a half years ago. And it was a very intensive process. I knew I wanted to be a singer. Um, It was definitely a career path for me. And, um, And I did have, like, I still have opportunities to sing. And I had said yes to this opportunity. I have an upcoming recital in March, actually on March 5th. So four days after this episode comes out. And so this recital process and saying yes to this process has been very interesting for me to reflect on my training and the patterning and conditions conditioning that I adopted to do this training because that was what was expected in this learning environment. Mm-hmm. And this morning I had this big aha as I was sort of listening to some of my pieces and some rehearsal parts that I had this subconscious program or subconscious thought pattern running that I was apologizing for my voice and that I just wanted to get to the end of the song so that I could get to the end of the recital and then it would be done. It'd be another thing I could check off my list. And I didn't want to sing a second verse or a third verse 
Because why would I add that? Because, you know, they've heard it once. They don't need to hear it again. That's just taking up time and space. And it was like, it's even owie for me to say this right now, because this is the work I do. This is the field I work in is, is helping and supporting women specifically, but men as well to um, own more fully their voices and their presence and their place in the world. And I just want to have a very real moment that I'm still unpacking this for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's the work is never done in the sense that there's always another layer to, uh, to peel back. But it was such a beautiful realization, conscious moment. Like I boxed Jane right away. I was like, holy, holy shit. I just had this realization that I didn't want to sing this second verse because I thought, oh, they've heard it once already. They don't need to hear me again. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and it, it's, and we were sort of reflecting on how, I mean, how deeply conditioned especially us as women are yeah. around our voices right um as children i think that's shifting but so this is it feels to me like it's a bit of collective energy that you're also yes. picking up and unpacking here well your question to me I, yeah. in your response was really powerful it was kind of like well where else is this pattern showing up in your life and Jane and I unpacked this for each other just before we hit record. So you're going to hear more about that shortly, probably this weekend, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, th- that it was that question of I'll just like yeah, say it. Where we do one thing like that, it often a pattern like that is often showing up in other places. So that was the big download that was coming through for me when I was listening to your message this morning. Was wow, powerful. And yeah, where, where else in all aspects of life is that pattern also showing up? And like you say, you're probably kind of in the middle of that process Mm -hmm. um, and looking at that. So not quite at the point of sharing, but it's a really, it's a powerful exercise, no matter what the thing is that comes into our awareness to, to look at that and go, yeah. So, okay. Where else am I doing this? Where else am I? holding back or apologizing life. for or my apologizing. voice or apologizing for my presence, which is so interesting because it's, oh. it's something that I very consciously make an effort not to do in many areas of my life. And I public speaking doesn't phase me. Um, you hear me do the intro on this podcast most of the time because it's just, I have yeah. no problem starting it. And so, yeah, it's not something that I like layer. in getting to know you over the past couple of years. It's not something that I would, you know, that I see. Mm-hmm. So it's like you say, it's another layer and it's just interesting where it all shows up and how it shows up. Yes. And also to point out that I wouldn't have had this realization unless I had been preparing for this recital. Yeah. And so this recital is coming up on March 5th at 8 p.m. And this process of, you know, it's been in, it's been in the works for over a year and a half because of COVID and all the other times and the rescheduling and coordinating rooms and performers. But it's, it, I knew it would happen when it needed to happen. And it's a relatively, for me, low pressure situation because singing isn't my quote unquote career anymore. It's a, but you've put a lot of pressure on yourself. I put a lot this. of pressure on myself. I've like watching yeah. again, you know, 
from the sidelines and not knowing, I didn't know you as a singer, but you know, we've unpacked, like there's a few other lessons that you've unpacked with this, um, as well. Right. Like the memory, the pressure you had put on yourself to memorize, maybe share a little bit about that too, because that was another one. So about a month ago I was, and I'm also noticing like I had avoidant behavior around preparation for this recital. So a month ago I was unpacking this, why am I avoiding practicing? And it was, again, it was an old habit of apologizing. Well, if I'm not prepared as prepared, then I'm not as good. And then I, that would prove the point that mm, the self-fulfilling not, prophecy, the self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's very, um, it's been very nuanced, this whole preparation piece but to wind it back to this memorization, I mean, it is a tremendous amount of pressure in amongst all the other work that I do. And it was funny because last week I was at a rehearsal with the pianist and the other singer was there. We had just sort of brief communication in passing and she has career pressures in the sense that, you know, she's singing is still part of her career. She has other paid gigs that have that expectation of memorization. So I said to her, I said, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, if we have our music on stage, it's okay. I've seen other recitals when we do this. And just to be clear for people who aren't in sort of in the music, know. Mm-hmm. So when you're on stage in an opera, always memorized, always, because okay. then you're not a good colleague. Uh, basically, and you show up to the first rehearsal with every note and rhythm memorized before you even do the staging or blocking, which is, is that like something unique to opera or is yes. that in most? Oh, okay. So that's unique to opera. And I would say, I think it's changeable with, mu- with musical theater. So there's, if you look at opera, musical theater, and let's um, always say straight stage work, meaning like plays and, you know, usually it depends on the director. So opera, the industry standard is you show up memorized with the music and the notes so that you can, you've already done the character work, you've done the translation and you, you show up there and you're just ready to move and be told where the director tells you to move and interact with your colleagues. And you also know your colleagues roles so that you can, so Mm. you, would have translated them, you know what they're saying or singing to you. And you don't obviously sing their part, but you know their part so that you know when to come in for right. your part. Okay, okay, so that's that's a whole other level. That's why like, you know, there's maybe five or six performances in a standard wow. run. And okay. there's a, always a day or a day and a half between performances because the output of energy is so big for that one night for that three hour period. And you're buzzing, like you finish the show and then you don't sleep for like three or four hours. (laughs) This is just the coming off the high of the show. But you've had also an intensive rehearsal period. It might be anywhere from two and a half to eight weeks with these same colleagues in a show. You show up eight weeks before memorized. You start to learn the blocking. You move the costumes and you move the shoes and get the shoes. And then you the last week is you're in rehearsal probably five out of six nights. Um, the night before opening night is what's called dark so that you have, and then you have opening night and that's the show. Right. So that's opera musical theater, similar. I think it depends on the director. I haven't done a lot of professional musical theater work. You would show up definitely knowing a lot of your role, um, Mm -hmm. but maybe not having all the lines if the spoken lines fully done so you can play with nuance and in stage 
um, acting, the way I understand it is that you show up knowing you're a part, but perhaps not as memorized. It's not, there's no expectation of full memorization um, from day one. So the recital that you're doing. Recital I'm doing. Recitals. Is that, so that's, is that different? Yes. So recitals are. We're going to go down and educate our audience. Okay, here we're going to go out here and educate the audience. So in, I'm going to say in the full on, like one top 1% professional realm, always memorized recitals. And so you know your works. Sometimes there's spoken word. Um, like I went to a beautiful recital by Renee Fleming in Vancouver at the Orpheum. This is years ago. And she recited this beautiful poem. And it was fantastic. It was so eloquent. And she really held the space of the audience for this poem to, to live. So there is room for that type of expression in a recital environment. But at the same time, I've been to plenty of recitals um, for joy and for fun that aren't necessarily career focused where singers, so pianists and instrumentalists always have their music, just to mm -hmm. be clear. Singers and instrumental soloists don't. Right. Okay, so if there's a solo violinist performing with an orchestra concerto, they'll be memorized, most cases. Um, similar for the competition, back right. to the recital. So your recital that you're doing is for fun, like it's for someone, fun, it's not, like getting not getting paid. This is not a yeah, no, it's not a paid gig. So, so you were putting the pressure on myself of your past training mm -hmm. of you know what a professional opera singer what yeah. the expectations are and what they do on this yeah. recital, it sounds like, exactly. where I have to have my mu music memorized and all the things. Yeah. And so I, I'm not a real musician unless I'm memorized. Uh, That's okay. a really, I'm not a so professional. That, right. <sighs> so which is, and I mean, it's interesting to unpack that a little bit too, right? Because that's how you were trained. That's how it sounds like what you're describing. That's how that I don't, uh, industry is not the right word, but that, uh, that's, profession. I would say that's the, that's the, I would say that's an industry standard right, for the okay. most part. So, so it'd be great if I was memorized and if I was a full-time, if I was yeah. a full-time career singer, musician. Yeah. And you'd be in that. I'd be in and that be living field. That. So, yes. so you have come to this where you're like, it's been three years, I think you said, since yeah, you've last three years performed since I've last on performed. stage, mm -hmm. which wasn't a recital three years ago either. You were saying it was a more impromptu. That was totally an impromptu stage. performance. Yeah. So, yeah. So this bringing, bringing those old expectations, beliefs and whatnot forward into this. And so having to allow yourself the grace. Yeah it sounds like to, and the permission to not, um, I don't know, is it, I don't, I don't want to say lower your standards, but lower the standards or, um, shift, shift the standards, the expectations, change, shift and, the expectations. And, you know, it was interesting. So the other, the other singer said a comment, you know, where she and I had a very brief exchange about memorization. And I said, look, I'm not going to be memorized fully for this. And she was worried that she wasn't going to be. And I was like, I'm I'm totally comfortable with singing past, we call it singing past the stand or past the music where okay. you're not, your eyes aren't buried in the score. You know the music enough, but it's, and the mm. words enough, but it's just there as like, oh, hey, you want to live them. Sometimes we get carried away. We want to get carried in this beautiful moment. And you're like, oh, I need to come in for the next thing, right? It's a really, um, it's a really powerful way to experience poetry in music so Anna had said to me 
you know, I worry about how that would look to my students. Yeah, right. And she's in, in she's in the music. And she said, I have some other paid gigs right now that require more, more of my attention and more of my dedication. And this isn't paid. This is more for fun. So I think there's room to look at the, look at the event through the lens of what's the purpose of the event. It's not moving. It's not quote unquote, moving my career forward as a singer. It's, it's for fun and joy and expression. And the pianist was beautifully so awesome about reminding me of that. He's like, I've always had joyful music making experiences. Yeah. And so what, like thinking of all the pressure and expectations you were putting on yourself that was killing that joy, killing the joy. Because I know you were really struggling even with the practicing for a while. And like you say, why am I fading into the cracks of my days? Why am I like dreading this and not wanting to do it when this is supposed to be something fun? I think that's definitely like, I know I've done that. Um, It's called playing music. It's not called like literally it's called playing music. And, And why do we like, why have we let the pressure of, quote unquote, the way our performance is supposed to be detract from the joy of doing something that is so innately human. Mm-hmm. You know, we found musical instruments made from hollowed out animal bones that are thousands and thousands and thousands from the earliest human settlements. Mm-hmm. So, and rhythm, you know, somebody could just tap on a rock, tap on a log, you know, that's, mm. that's thousands and thousands of years of music and chanting and drumming that are just a part of us. Mm-hmm. So it's joyful expression or to move an emotional state, shift an emotional state. Why wouldn't? Music is medicine. That's another beautiful expression. So again, giving myself the space and grace to have that pressure off and also noticing where I was apologizing for showing up. (laughs) It's just like, what the, (laughs) what the hell? So it's funny and I did, but as you're talking about that too, and where, so another reflection point, right? Where are you putting that pressure on yourself in other areas of your life too? Oh, are you <laughs> just Jen live here you the- <laughs> ask me in the moment? Oh my God. I'm not asking you to answer on the podcast. I'm just, again, <laughs> reflecting that, right? But again, when we look at that, and I mean, I get, I'm, I'm in my own season of it. It looks very yes. different, but absolutely in my own season of that and having to look and, oh, where am I doing this? Well, I think other you areas had of my life. that moment last week. I don't know if you want to talk, yeah. you're ready to talk about it, but you know, you were putting pressure on yourself to the, be in the, so many places like the bee, yeah. the family, the family fixer and to yes. do these, con- these contracts and to be there for yourself and to carve out the time. And it's, we put this pressure on ourselves, I think as women as well, yeah. this is not just a music slash no. entrepreneur related thing, no. um, but it's, it's- Yeah, I was the, I was doing yeah. the same thing. I mean, even just yesterday, right? I messaged you and was like, yeah. I think I need to, you know, send a message and say that I've taken on too much and that I can't do this. And interestingly, the minute I gave myself permission to actually pull back on the thing, everything lightened up a bit and I haven't actually had to communicate that I need to pull back on the thing. It was, it's really, so again, that energetic shift where I had to, and yeah, where else is that showing up in my life? Boundaries, where else am I having to, to just take the pressure off? And I've had a number of, of big moments of that. Yeah. In the past 
week, especially. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So looking at that, mm -hmm. I just want to say briefly that when we take the pressure off though, the creativity just like flows, um, flows. I'm just say fucking flows. Like just throw in the (laughs) F bomb because I even said to you this morning after even between recording this and the dog walk this morning, like three hours ago, I was sitting at my standing at my altar doing my spiritual practice and it was like, oh yeah, I want to do videos about this and I want to talk about that and I want to talk about this. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as I took the pressure about having to show up a certain way, yep. then the creativity flows. So if well, you are listening as a listener and you are thinking that you have, you're like, oh my God, I'm putting pressure on myself. Like, stop that. Just take it away. Just And notice where, yeah, where is the pressure really coming from? Yeah. So that was the other thing for me yesterday was is the pressure coming externally from all of the things I have? And another girlfriend of mine really helped me talk through this too. Or is the pressure actually my own judgments, my own expectations of myself that I am, uh, how do I say this? That I am making external. Like I'm thinking that it's the external pressure, but it's actually my own. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's where I saw that in the whole, when I was like, okay, I've got to put this boundary up and I'm going to message this, you know, this client and just say that I don't have capacity. And my girlfriend helped me realize, like, I don't know that you actually even need to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and yesterday through the day, I was like, you know what? I'm feeling way better. And all of a sudden the anxiety is lifting and the, pre- the stress is like, it's feeling the overwhelm was shrinking. And again, it was actually because I was the one putting it all on myself. Now that's not to say I didn't, I didn't over schedule myself and put too much on my plate for the last couple of months because I have, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm in the process of changing that. But so there's, there's a few nuances there, but it's, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's wild how we do that. And, and like you say, when we have the space, so mm-hmm. using even our stuff, fear, serenity, for example, yes, we have been, I have felt because I've been, felt so much pressure and I've got a lot of different balls in the air and things happening. I have, it's weird. It's been like this pressure cooker where I feel like I'm squeezing, um, stuff into my day. I haven't had the space. So I'm very much when I share, like whether it's a post on social media, or if I'm messaging a friend about something specific like that, I've really realized that I need the space to get my thoughts together and to authentically speak what's on my heart. Mm -hmm. And I haven't given myself that space. And then this morning after yesterday, actually it was really Tuesday night. It was February 22nd, 2022 Mm -hmm. that, um, I had kind of this I don't know what do you want to call it mini dark night of the soul or just this really deep kind of looking in internally and then things have shifted and so lo and behold this morning I just felt like sharing and I wrote a post on our Instagram on my Instagram um but also uh tagged our Instagram about just about you and I and our journey and where we've come to and how and what we're creating yeah and all of a sudden I feel the faucet starting to turn on of like, I can talk about this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this. Like I need to share this with my people. And yep. it's just, it's starting to turn on where it has felt, I haven't been able to do it for the last month because it's felt so forced and it just hasn't come out. And I know that about myself that when I don't have that space, I can't, I can't force it. 
You can't force it. And so that's another level of pressure. So yeah. it's, there's pressure. We put pressure on ourselves in so many ways. And I think there, there was that, like you talked about the pressure cooker of having to show up with this group program that Jane group space that Jane and I have created that starts next week. Oh my God. Actually starts March this 3rd. week, March 3rd. So two days after this oh, yeah. podcast comes out. Yeah. Um, we start Thursday. So if you, if this sounds interesting to you and you want to take the pressure off yourself and start there to might explore, still be some seats. there might still be some space. So just we'll reach see. out. We don't know yet at we the don't. time of recording this. We don't know. Exactly. Um, um, but so, but the pressure piece, it, it's, yeah. there's layers. So there's the pressure that there's the unconscious pressure we put on ourselves around yeah. something. Then there's the, the layer of the unconscious and overscheduling ourselves, which yep. contributes to the pressure we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's all those external factors that, um, you know, Hey, do you have five minutes or, Hey, do you have time to hang out this week mm-hmm. or a friend in crisis or a family member needs support for something or, you know, all those other things that are partially boundary related and also you showing up to support a friend. So it's, it's yeah. choosing in the moment that I think sometimes is the most challenging and saying, no, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a friend asked the other day if they could drop their puppy off for a couple of hours for an evening and and I said no because it was just I knew I felt into it I didn't respond right away I felt into it and I just felt that with Lola being 12 and a half and her being a bit more neurotic not great with puppies to begin with mm-hmm. and Milo you know they have their own dynamic and you put a third dog in the mix in the middle of right. a week and I you know and again it was wasn't a problem it was to, like she respected the decision but it was the same it was like that I had to before, you know, the automatic just, I would have been like, yeah, no problem. Just drop them by. We'd love Mm -hmm. to see a puppy. And now I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Where are you inviting puppy energy into your life that you don't need? Right. There's also that aspect. Yeah. No, I mean, there's so many, yeah, there's so many aspects and so many ways we could take this, but I think the, if we kind of wind it back to two things, one, I hope what we want to illustrate through some of these conversations is where Jen and I are trying to live fierce serenity and what that means to us. So, you know, fierce to me, fierce comes with courage. Like I've been relating it to the courage. So even the courage to look at these things, right. The courage to like, you could have ignored that thought that came into your head about Mm -hmm. disregarded it. I don't, you know, my voice isn't good enough to be heard or whatever the actual thought is. Right. But you, but that courage to look at that and be like, oh, here it is. And to like, to actually lean into the lesson and allow it to unfold. And, and I think where I want to wrap this is we talked about the fact that these lessons yeah, these things, this is like, this is how we move through this. This is the healing journey never ends. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. And that doesn't have to be a scary thing because it's the more we unpack, the more empowered we become. And it like, it starts to be like, it almost starts to become more empowering as we Mm -hmm. do it. Right. Like I even got the sense where Jen was like, Whoa. And she didn't shy away from it. It was like, okay, like, and, and I'm sure you're going to continue to unpack it a bit, but it's like, oh, wow. Okay. What's in this that can shift like from here. And so, 
but we have to take action. We have to keep showing up yes. in the world, in our life, in whatever that looks like. And the more we can embrace that and lean into that, the faster the healing becomes or the faster we move towards what we're going to get to. Because if we stay small and we avoid these things, the mm-hmm. like we know, right? You're just going to sit and spin. Coming. And yeah. it's going to come Unless in a different form. Exactly. So had you not, had it not been the recital, like had yeah. you not decided to do this recital? Yeah. These lessons might've shown up for you in a different way mm-hmm. eventually, but like, boom, you did the recital, you showed up, you were open to looking at some of these lessons um, and you can move through and like move on and continue to like move up to this higher and higher place. Yeah. So, you know, and I think honestly this- enjoy it. Like, I'm looking forward to next Saturday or the Saturday the 5th because mm. I get to go and share this amazing music. Honestly, that so much of it is rarely performed. So that's the other beautiful part is I'm singing a woman's composer's, a woman composer's works, 19th century German woman composer who shares the same last name as me. Say, so Josephine cool. Lang um, or Josefina. And, you know, so many women composers are were listed as anonymous or their works oh. were, you know, um, were not published or yeah. they're sitting languishing literally in an <laughs> old music library somewhere in Europe because no one's transcribed them. Hmm. And Josephina Lang was a really talented, sorry, that was Lola, really talented composer. And she sent a lot of her husband's poetry to music. So there's a lot of the poems are really intimate. And this, so it's a beautiful exploration of the love and the depth of their relationship through the lens of music. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to and like being in this space of, you know, and it's a part of you, right? It's a like part this of is me. a part of you and your story and yeah. who, you know, yes, it's what you trained in, but it's a piece of you, it's yeah. a piece of your soul. Totally. So yeah. Oh, so cool. This, I love it, it. this is the beautiful, the magic part that musicians get to translate those little black dots on a page and let the music live and breathe and come to life through them. Mm-hmm. So that's the piece where we, I think sometimes we take for granted music because it's so widely available, but live performance is, is risky. It's mm-hmm. a risky activity because anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it through the lens of anything can happen expansively and like you might be moved, you might be weeping, you might, you know, might. Well, and the, yeah, the power. The power of, of that. That comes through from a live performance. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's voice and piano or any multi-instrumental piece. Yeah. It's it's living with that, um, the joy of that expression and accepting it for what it is. And I think that's that's something I tell my clients too is. People want to hear from you. People want to hear your message. People want to hear your voice. I'm like, well, I need to turn that on myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're always, yeah, we're always learning. Right. And we're always, I mean, I was always told in like my coaching training and everything too, you just, you need to be about five steps ahead of your client. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that's the journey. And we have to, I think the best thing we can do is embrace that. Yeah. And embrace that part of ourselves and know that we're always continuing. I mean, I'm always I'm always fascinated when in client sessions, I'm same thing, like, you know, I'm coaching and supporting and, but often my clients have the same things might look a little different, but that I've been through, or sometimes it's even like, huh, I'm unpacking another layer of that right now in my own life. Um, It's beautiful. So it's it's amazing when you pay attention to that, what, yeah, what comes through. So, okay. How do we want to wrap this? I think 
I think we've got those lean those, in, lean in, lean to, in to the, take action. To, yeah. The, the lessons are in the action. So if you're always hiding from the thing that's going to yeah. move you forward, then you're not actually going to move forward. So lean in and take action. Give yourself the space and grace to um, embody, like discover and embody those lessons, whatever they are. If a lesson's showing up in one area of your life, have the courage to look at where it's showing up in another area of your life. Definitely. And take the pressure off yourself. Take the pressure off or look at, yeah, where are you thinking that there's external pressures on yourself that actually might be your own. Definitely. Your own internal judgments and expectations that you can, you can release. Gently let go of. And if you want to explore any of that with us, please do join us in Fear Serenity. Reach out. um, And there may or may not be a space left, but it's okay. We're going to run it again. We are going to run it again because this is a beta program. And we also still have our 321 countdown offer. Yes. So that's that's another way to work with with us on this is one-to-one. We have a package. Sorry, two-to-one. (laughs) One-to-one. Two-to-one, yes. We have a package with you. um, Yeah, that's three sessions over four weeks. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we can, we can definitely dive into some of this. So lots of ways all in our show notes and uh, on our typically Instagram, best way to follow us at we are Jen and Jane. Sounds good. All right. We have have an awesome day podcast to record this afternoon. We sure do. We're wrapping this now. Have an awesome day, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.